Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Texas Real Estate Research Center at Texas A&M University. I'm Haley Reeder, Communications Specialist. Today is Wednesday, September 1st, 2021. September is National Realtor Safety Month. According to the National Association of Realtors 2020 Member Safety Report, 23% of realtors experienced a situation that made them fear for their personal safety or the safety of their personal information. The association has a safety page on their website to provide real estate professionals tips on how to feel safe while working. See their report and tips by clicking the link on our podcast webpage. Now on to today's podcast. The Census Bureau has recently rolled out its population estimates from 2020. What population trends have been seen in Texas over the past decade, and how could these trends affect the housing market? Center Senior Data Analyst Joshua Robertson joins us today to share his insights. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me again. It's been a little while, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been. What population trends have been seen in Texas over the last 10 years? Well, there's a number of highlights. Uh, I guess I'll start with uh, just kind of Texas in general, just kind of uh, shoot out some uh, uh, some numbers here. So uh, total population, according to, and this is the Census Bureau redistricting data, so it's been in the news a lot lately. According to this data set, uh, there's now about 29 million Texans, whereas 10 years ago it was 25 million. So you do the math, that's about 1.5% growth each year, which is really impressive for a state yeah. our size. So a lot going on there. A few other highlights, uh, Hispanics, 10 years ago, made up about 37% of the population. It's now at least 39%. So gradually the you know share of Hispanics uh, uh, increasing in the state. Regionally, of the big four metros, Austin, grew at the fastest year-to-year rate, uh, that being around 2.9% each year, while the remaining three major metros around 1.8%, uh, almost 2%. It's a very aggressive growth. A uh, few other uh, touching points here. Fastest growing counties, there's quite a list of them, but to kind of group them together, uh, uh, some of the fastest growing uh, counties include those along the I-35 corridor. I have family relatives who live in New Braunfels who can vouch for this. <laughs> um, you know, Comal County, Hayes County, over 4% wow. a year, kind of on average. Oh, of course, you have other surrounding metro counties uh, like Fort Bend and Kaufman County. Uh, there's quite a few more, but just kind of that general either suburbs or Texas Triangle, or the fastest growing. A few other regional trends going on. You know, if you look at West Texas, or at least what I recognize as West Texas, because I'm from Lubbock, Randall and Lubbock counties grew year over year. Uh, I want to say it's at least 1%, not quite two. Um, but all the surrounding counties, like five county di- uh, radius, uh, saw population decline. Wow, and so what I think is happening there is that you're seeing a lot of consolidation towards the regional hub. Uh, they don't call Lubbock the hub city for nothing. So uh, I think you're starting to see that trend uh, really pick up. Of course, oil counties, uh, or at least what a lot of people think of oil counties, Ector County, Midland, and Andrews. It's Odessa, of course, Midland, and then surrounding nearby Andrews. Uh, they, they grew quite a bit. 
again, this is over the course of the entire decade. So you look at what's going on, what happened over the past decade. And for most of it, oil was sitting pretty high. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of kind of the mess with the oil market, at least the past year, happened towards the tail end. So over the course of the decade, quite a bit of growth in those oil counties. And then also the under 18 population, just kind of a proxy for families, you know, because they're living with their parents. Um, under 18 population in the big four counties, Travis was the highest, but it's uh, just a little over 1%, which is not very high compared to the state. Bear County was 0.66%, Harris County 05 and Dallas is actually negative. Mm. So, and then if you look at the surrounding counties, and I, I'm not going to list them all, but um, surrounding counties for Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio, such and such, uh, the under 18 was around 2 to 3% typically on average. So you see definitely where families are in the metro, but in the surrounding uh, suburb counties. So you you see that trend picking up even more. So uh, this is pretty general data. I mean, I don't have it broken down by like income or or a lot of other specific factors, but I think it kind of drives the point. A lot of these things are things that we kind of already knew, but we're finally starting to see some numbers in terms of magnitude. So um, yeah, I think that's a good starting point for what happened the past decade. How could these population trends affect the state's housing market? In a very broad sense, you know, we've had a housing shortage for most of the decade. Uh, it's most acute right now. And these numbers certainly, you know, uh, explain and lead into as to why. Uh, so going back to annual population growth just for the entire state, it's around 1.5%. Housing units also grew at about one and a half percent. Keep in mind when in this data set, when Census Bureau is talking about housing units, talking about everything, not just single-family homes. So you consider everything from rental units to ownership units. It just barely, literally, just matched the population growth. Now you go into certain submarkets, and it gets fairly lopsided. The most lopsided was if you look at DFW, around one point eight percent year-over-year population growth but only 1.65% housing unit growth. And again, that's everything. So it's probably even worse for, you know, single family homes to own. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston was kind of the same way, about 1.8% population growth, but only 1.73% housing unit growth. So uh, at this pace, I mean, that, unless the housing unit growth really picks up, I mean, we're just going to continue to be in a housing shortage. Right. Um, so hopefully things pick back up. I mean, I know that, Construction is, is, you know, kind of blown up in the past year uh, with with its output. Uh, but, but right before COVID, units were just starting to get at the pace as they were right before the Great Recession. Not right right before, but before it went into, like, crazy mode. So hopefully it gets back on its feet at a more sustained rate. Um, and that, that would bounce out. But, I mean, yeah, you look at those numbers, just the difference in population growth to housing unit growth, and it's just I wonder why we're at right now. And it's not just the big metros. I mean, that, that going back to the statewide 1.5 housing growth, 1.5 population growth, I mean, that's scattered throughout the whole state. It's just the big four is the most lopsided. But, I mean, you see a lot of population growth just throughout the state, even in kind of the mid-metros, like I was talking about earlier, places like Lubbock and um, – you know, well, I didn't mention it previously, but places like Longview, uh, that place, that that's growing a lot. So, do you expect these trends to remain consistent or change as the economy heals from the pandemic? 
In a general sense, yes, because, um, you know, you see a lot. I mean, a lot of people are talking about state to state migration. Of course, you know, living in Texas, you hear about the wave of Californians. Uh, that is a thing. But when you when you just talk about, you know, the national market compared to the Texas housing market, Texas is still relatively way more affordable, especially compared to the coastal uh, coastal states. So I think that's certainly going to continue to draw people. Of course, Texas is still a business friendly state. Uh, that's going to continue to be a draw. Uh, the magnitude, not sure, but I mean, those, those are still uh, in the cards. Regionally, maybe not so much because, you know, you look at El Paso, a lot of El Paso's population growth was due to uh, kind of the Fort Bliss expansion. That was a major bump in population. And a few other things, they expanded, you know, downtown El Paso as well. But um, I don't know if they can, you know, replay that card. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, oil, who knows what's going to happen. I mean, oil seems to eventually kind of find its way back on its feet. But in terms of the magnitude, if it'll be like what it was mid-decade, uh, not sure. And then there's other few regional factors. I mean, I did notice a few coastal counties. Uh, I Hopefully I pronounce this right, Refurio, uh, along the coast. I mean, that and some of the surrounding counties uh, you saw stagnant uh, decade, you know, over the decade, stagnant population and housing growth. Uh, of course, that's over the decade. I w- I'm wondering how much of that is because of Hurricane Harvey, because I knew areas along the coastline there were hit pretty hard. So yeah. uh, barring, I mean, can't really predict the next hurricane or anything like that. But um, so the point is some of these one time events, you know, may or may not happen again. So that, that can really set the, the tone for what happens at, at the regional level. Uh, but in general, you know, I, I do expect that Texas will still remain an attractive place to live. And I think not only, you know, from a state-to-state perspective, but, you know, going back to West Texas, you see, I think you'll continue to see a lot of consolidation towards uh, kind of the regional hubs. I will say one more thing. Uh, some of the Census Bureau data that we normally rely on in August uh, has been delayed because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So some of the more specific questions I imagine some of our listeners are wondering, uh, such as the, you know, how many Californians are coming. Uh, we should have that data by late November, early December. So keep your fingers crossed and maybe mark your calendars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks again for coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You bet. Thanks again, Josh. For more, check out the Texas Real Estate Research Center's population data. We have data at the national, state, county, and metro level. The link is on our podcast webpage and in the YouTube description box. And while you're on our website, check out our research library. It includes a wide variety of research reports and articles. Latest topics include a 2021 mid-year apartment report, monthly housing report, best practices for sales agents, chronic wasting disease, and more. The link is on our podcast webpage. That's going to be it for today's podcast. If you're looking for more from the Texas Real Estate Research Center, head to our website. That's www.recenter.tamu.edu. There, you'll find the latest data, research articles, blogs, news, and more. You can also check out the Center's News Talk Texas database, which is updated daily with the biggest headlines in Texas real estate. You can also subscribe to Recon, our bi-weekly newsletter, to get all the biggest stories sent straight to your inbox. 
To stay up to date on when articles are published on our website, follow the Texas Real Estate Research Center on social media. You can find us with the handle at RECenterTX on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. For more podcasts like these, you can subscribe on iTunes or to our YouTube channel. All podcasts are also available for free on our website. Thanks for joining us today in the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Texas Real Estate Research Center in College Station, Texas, where we've been helping Texans make the best real estate decisions since 1971. This is Haley Reeder, and I'll see you next time. Bye.